spumans does it take to get to the sleepy time time? Spumante time. Great. Oh, you want dink? Ah. Well, here. Let's, oh, let's wait, do right it right here. in front of okay. your mic. That was so weak. <laughs> that was unsatisfying. You want, wait. No, oh, no. Okay. The moment passed. All it's right. Done. Well, hello, everyone. This episode is brought to you by uh, by by Sleepy and Cherry Spumante from the lovely Door County. In Definitely not that second one, but the first one, 100% <laughs> sure. It is cold here today in Wisconsin. A little it's bit. August. Yeah. Hannah is wearing a blankie. Uh, Justin's wearing... I am wearing a full-on sweatshirt and pants right now. You look like a track, like, mathlete. I am a mathlete. Aw, cute. Except In for my heart. Justin and I were watching Jeopardy uh, after supper, I guess. Yeah. And I honestly don't think that w- any single thing can make me feel more dumb yes. than watching Jeopardy. Especially the college, the college Jeopardy. Version, yeah. Because I was like, oh, college questions. This will be easy. Yeah. I no. No. I I don't understand. No. Nope. We are the same. Well, we're older now. But we should be about the same. Yeah. And we're definitely not. You know what? But we did know the Grand Canyon. And none of them got that. So dumb. Insane. Watch Jeopardy, everyone. Yeah. It is the Canadian treasure. Mm, maybe. Fine. Well, Alex Trebek we'll is a Canadian. That one, <laughs> He's we'll, a Canadian we'll treasure. Fine. Well, welcome to Anything Spooky Goes, the podcast that does not quiz you and make you feel bad about yourself like Jeopardy does, uh, unless you want us to be. We what don't shame. Is this? What episode is this? This is 22. Hey, you got the quiz question right. Aw, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 25. Yeah, yeah, about the same, nice. probably, yeah. Do you want to say uh, 22 in German? Uh, uh Maybe, I guess. <laughs> No one's asking. No. Not a single person is yeah. asking. Okay. Well. How do you say grande cappuccino in Starbucks? Um, Bente. No. <laughs> All right. Maybe that's our cue to just jump on in. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Well, welcome to episode 22, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks. This is us. Th- this is us. So today, I start with a story called (laughs) (laughs) The Suspense. It's known as The Man from Torrid. Oh, okay. Sometimes referred to as The Torrid Mystery or The Man Without a Country. Oh. Sources, Wikipedia, a Science 101 article that I drew from heavily because it was really good. (laughs) And an article on the site Ancient Origins by Wu Mingren. Cool. So, this picture here. Mm-hmm. Sort of a dramatic realization of the next story that I will be telling you. There's an airplane and a suit. I'm in. There's a man in a suit. I love it already. And sort of like a half doppelganger invisible <laughs> thing next to him. Great. Kind of weird. Fine. Yeah, a little bit. Not going to question it. Um, so if you, if you, uh, are okay with it, I will start my story. Yes, please. Okay. On an otherwise ordinary day in July, 1954, 
a traveler landed at a Tokyo airport with a well-worn passport from a country that never existed and then promptly disappeared, never to be seen again. What the heck? Other than that, there's no reason to think anything was out of the ordinary. Even at Haneda Airport, a.k.a. Tokyo International Airport, one can imagine that planes, pilots, travelers, employees, and baggage came and went as per usual. Does this ring any bells so far? Do you have an idea of what this story is? I believe that we have listened to this story on This Paranormal Life, but... You'd be correct. Oh, nice. Um, to be completely honest, don't really remember a lot of it. Yeah. That's a nice thing about me. Nice. Don't really pay attention. So I'm interested. I'm very fascinated and interested to listen to it again. This is quite an interesting story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want another take on it, there's a TPO episode about it. This paranormal life. Very good. Um, amongst the travelers... It is said that there was one well-dressed Caucasian man with a beard who disembarked from a plane flying from Europe. There were dozens, if not hundreds, of others much like him. He described himself as a businessman who had traveled internationally frequently over the last five years. His wallet held currencies from many countries. He spoke several languages, including French, his native tongue, and Japanese. What brought him to Japan? He was in Japan on business, he said. For the third time that year, he had meetings set up and even a hotel reservation awaiting him. For reasons lost to history, the traveler drew the attention of customs or security staff at the airport. Or he may have just piqued the curiosity of the immigration official who would stamp his passport for entry into Japan. Regardless, from that moment, this ordinary July 1954 day at Haneda Airport in Tokyo took a turn into something out of the Twilight Zone. Sage, do you like to bite the microphone stand? Oh, no. Yeah? Are you nibbling? Oh, my gosh. Okay, goodbye. Now you go on the floor. That's what happens. You uh, get kicked out of the recording space. Can't bite the microphones. No. Well, we have a little rundown mm. of the day's events. So we have officials interviewing the mysterious man. Airport officials pressed the traveler for details about his life. He began to get annoyed and frustrated, but answered their questions in fluent Japanese. The airport officials looked into some of the details. They called the company that the traveler said he was coming to meet with. They'd never heard of them. Oh my God. They tried to get in touch with the company that the traveler said he worked for and was traveling for. There was no such company. Ugh. They called the hotel where the traveler had, had a room reserved for the night. The hotel didn't know who he was and held no such reservation. Mm. The bank who had issued the checks in the traveler's checkbook, it didn't exist. They asked to see the traveler's passport. The traveler, who was tired, frustrated, annoyed, and frightened by this point, handed over his well-worn and seemingly valid passport. Country of origin? Tored. T-A-U-R-E-D. A country that didn't exist and never has. Oh my God. The passport looked and felt legitimate. It had the visa stamps of his prior travels in Europe and even went into Japan as he described to these officials. What was going on here? This just, oh my God. My thoughts right now are how did he get on the flight in the first place? 
like if if this passport is not valid and he's coming from a place that is not real, who let him on the plane in the first place? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe just someone wasn't quite as suspicious as people in Japan were at the time. Maybe. Yeah. And still, if I could put myself in his shoes, could you imagine if this is happening to you and your reality is like, yes, I come from this place. Yeah. I I know these. I know people. I I'm supposed to be here. Right. And no one believes you. Yeah. The, I can't even imagine how terrifying that is. Thankfully, he can at least speak Japanese, so there's right. not that language barrier there. Yeah. But can you imagine if he didn't know how to speak the language of whatever place he was in in this situation, Japanese? But right. How terrifying that could be. Yeah. Like a ima- literally like it's like my life coming from. Uh, the Smurf village where I grew up, I had a really hard time acclimating to modern society because they didn't have all the amenities that people ha- had um, like in the United States growing up. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to go. Y- you got the rest of this <laughs> podcast. Okay. Yeah, no, I got You it. and your cheesy ass humor. What? I like the Smurfs. <laughs> At first, I was like, wait, Dustin, what do I not know about you? (laughs) (laughs) You got a pretty vanilla life, dude. Okay. I am a Smurf originally. You're a very uh, cute Smurf. Uh, I'm blue and have red pants. No, white. Papa Smurf's the only one. Oh, I think Papa's the only one with red pants. Okay. Ridiculous. This is mostly for uh, Marcy and. Yeah. <laughs> just I want this to be explained if uh he doesn't already know about it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good luck with that one. Yep. Uh, have fun, CJ. Sorry, sweetie. Um so now I'm going to dive into the country of Torad a little bit. Mm. So the airport officials asked the traveler to tell them about Torad to point it out on a map. The man motioned to a small nation on the border between France and Spain. Mm. On the map provided by the airport officials, he had no problem pointing out his home country. But it was not Torad. Torad didn't exist and never has. He pointed out the Principality of Andorra. I have another picture here for you. This is an actual picture of the Principality of Andorra. Oh, my gosh. This is a real place that exists. Yeah. So Andorra, believed to, be a, believed to have been created by Charlemagne, was ruled until ni- uh, 988 when ownership was transferred. The present principality was formed by a charter in uh, the year 1278. It's old and no mention of it previously being known as anything but a space on the Iberian Peninsula. Hmm. So that's a real place that actually exists. Yeah, it's a very mountainous place that's kind of... Yeah, it's right in the mountain range. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the Tyrannies? Pyrenees. Pyrenees Mountains. Yeah. Tyrannies. Tyrion. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah, so kind of odd. A bit. And that's exactly what the airport officials told the traveler. But he was offended. And he said, that's nonsense. Is this some kind of joke? Torrid has been there for a thousand years. He couldn't begin to understand why Torrid would be labeled as the Principality of Andorra on any map. Except, of course, that Torrid had never been there at all. Uh. The airport officials were at a loss and they weren't sure what to do. Letting the traveler go on his way did not seem like a good option. 
Instead, they put him up in a hotel nearby while they continued to look into things. And just to be sure, sure of what, they had no idea, of course, they posted a couple of guards outside his door. Sure. Apparently, it wasn't much of a room. Uh, It was up a couple of floors and it only had sealed windows that like you can't even get a breeze coming in. Welcome to a country. Yeah. Have fun. Good luck with your jet lag. Enjoy your time here. Yeah. Jeez. Probably didn't even have chocolates on the pillows. Probably not. Ridiculous. <sighs> the next morning, the still baffled officials went to the hotel to collect and continue to question the traveler some more, but he was gone. No. And so were all of his personal belongings. His passport, money, wallet, checkbook, luggage, everything. It's as if the man from Torred... The country that never was, also never was. The traveler was never seen again. Oh my gosh. Now, many theories abound about this story, both about the traveler and the legend itself. Mm. This is crazy. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because now, flip. So, what I just said. Yeah. About coming to a new place and everybody doesn't think that you're telling the truth, blah, blah, blah. Now flip it Mm -hmm. to the airport workers, the security guards who are supposed to be guarding him. Yeah. How do you explain to people like, oh, well, we were watching someone, but now he's not here. He just vanished. Like, how do you explain that to your superior? Exactly. How do you explain that to yourself? Truly. Like, wait, but I could have swore I saw this man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I have some theories about what happened here. Nice. Have the traveler come from a different dimension? (laughs) Many theories posit that there are a bunch of parallel universes or dimensions out there. Many or all populated by other not quite but almost Earths. Could this traveler somehow on that plane from Europe to Japan in July 1954, could he have slipped from one such parallel dimension, one where Torred and not the Principality of Andorra lay on the border between France and Spain, into our very own where there had never been a Torred. Oh, perhaps. Perhaps, but I don't like it. What about his disappearance then? Yeah. Uh, if you reason that he came here easily, though, through the, these means, if he could cross dimensions in one direction, surely returning in the other direction was no huge feat. Okay. You know. And maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a, a fail safe. Maybe. Is that what it says? You know, like, oh, I'm somewhere I'm not supposed to be. And like, there's an easy way to get back. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It could be for someone who's slipping dimensions like that. Yeah. yeah. Another theory had the traveler traveled through time. European history tells us that as of 1954, when the story took place, there had never been a country called Torred on the border between Spain and France. Okay. World history tells us that, to date, there has never been a country called Torred anywhere on our planet. Interesting. That covers the past and present, but what about the future? Ew, no. Could the traveler have left Europe sometime at least a thousand years from now and somehow landed in Japan in July 1954? Then you beg the question, why? Yeah. What was he doing only to leave? Exactly. Almost immediately. Yes. Unless it's a combination of the of all of the different theories that you just said. Like, let's say that he's a time traveler, but he accidentally went to the wrong place and time. Sure. Blew his cover. Yeah. Needed to get out. 
Eh. Makes sense. Maybe. Yeah. My thing is, is that if you're a time traveler, don't waste your time going don't fly. on. Don't, don't waste fly your time going from a flight from <laughs> from a European place to uh, the Literally other, basically anywhere. the other side of the entire continent. Yeah. Times also, two. if you can time travel, like, can't you time travel yourself faster across places? Exactly. So. Just get to to take off and landing. Yeah. Avoid the airport. Yeah. Completely. I have another theory. Mm. Was the traveler a dupe? A dupe? Was he a fake? <laughs> I call you dupey. So I was like, wait, what? Yeah, not smell the same. <laughs> Thank you, though. Okay, I see. Was he a fake? Did the traveler believe everything he said, even though none of it was ever true? Oh. Perhaps he'd been brainwashed or manipulated by fiendish forces to tell this story for reasons unknown, then escaped from that hotel room once the plot had run its course. Hmm. Stranger things have happened. Unfortunately, yes. In this world, they have. That is very, very interesting. And then finally, is the man from Torad just a conspiracy? Oh, story of the man from Torad appears all over the internet, mm-hmm. and every telling of the legend contains slightly different details. Oh. Have internet retellings added fuel to the fire of the mysterious tale? Of course. Yes. But it began in a book called The Directory of Possibilities, edited by Colin Wilson and John Grant in 1981. Hmm. A tale has been retold with tweaks around the margins of the facts again and again on innumerable websites. Does that make the original tale published before the internet was at full throttle any more or less credible? Hmm. Well, the story of the man from Torred who found himself in Tokyo International Airport in <laughs> July 1954 has been told in many books and films, including a short film called The Man from Torred. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's available on YouTube. <gasps> oh, we should watch it. Yes. Okay. Here's the tricky thing about legends, though. Mm. You have to be able to confirm them. The story, with tweaks around the margins of details, to be sure, has been repeated scores of times since 1954, but corroboration is scant to non-existent. Oh, gosh. No one can point to newspaper accounts of the incident. It doesn't seem to have made the news, and no one can hold up official reports or records of this hot and humid day. Mm. None appear to have been made. References cannot be made to the traveler's passport, supposedly from Torred, because it disappeared along with the traveler. Okay. What do you think? Is the photo that you showed me at the beginning, is that just like a fan created? Yeah, it's a fictional realization of the story. Okay. Because, so that's the thing. Again, I'm trying to put myself into... Into the the brains of the people who experienced that. You know, like, okay, yeah, maybe there weren't any newspaper articles written about this or any kind of police reports, whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, what do you do with that information? You know, you can't, and I understand that 1953 in Tokyo probably was very different than it is today. Yeah. But, so in 2020, what I'm thinking is, is like, oh, you can't just keep a person when they're not guilty of anything like you know if, right. they, if they're coming and they're just saying oh i'm from this place blah 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 yeah. like 
how do you file a police report on that? Or you really can't. Yeah. There's or no grounds. Yeah. What if you were to get in trouble by your superiors because this person disappeared? So of course you're not going to tell anybody else about it. Yeah. Therefore, no newspaper articles are written. I don't know. I don't know. Right. It's just a spiraling kind yeah. of a thing. I mean, truly, like it's hard for any rep- reports to exist about it. Yeah. Just because of what it is. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Well, to possibly help fuel your fire a little (laughs) bit on this, I have some examples of other mysterious travelers. Oh, great. So the the traveler from Torrid is not the only one or even the first one to appear from places that didn't seem to exist. Fine. In 1851, a man by the name of Joseph Voren appeared in Frankfurt on der Oder. Germany. Aww. He came, he said, from Laxaria on the continent of Sacria. No. Neither Sacria nor Laxaria existed at the time or to date. As for the future, only time will tell. As for other dimensions, who's to say? In 1905, a young man was caught stealing a loaf of bread in Paris. He spoke an unknown language, but eventually managed to communicate that he came from Lisbia. Authorities thought he must have meant Lisbon, but a Portuguese interpreter quickly confirmed that the boy wasn't from Portugal or speaking Portuguese. Oh. The mystery was deeper than the value of a loaf of stolen bread, so the boy was released and never seen again. Oh my gosh. Fine. Yeah. And then the question... It begs the question, what do we make of all of these stories? You know, are Torred, Laxaria, Sacria, and Lisbia all from parallel Earths or a future Earth? It doesn't even seem plausible to blame the internet hysteria for the 1851 and the 1905 tales. Even if we do credit the internet for some tweaking and enhancement of the tale of the man from Torred. So where does that leave us? feeling uncomfortable (laughs) that's where it leaves me baby yeah um please correct me if i'm wrong Mm. would you consider this story to be a mandela effect kind of story Mm, or like probably not okay i'm just trying to think of like when so many people believe that this is truth, but it, maybe it never even happened. So that's that more sense? of a conspiracy than I Cons- think. Okay. Would you classify this as a conspiracy theory? Maybe. Okay. Some people uh, qualify it as an urban legend. Oh, okay. I um, like that. Because there's technically no proof of anything actually happening. Yeah. So a lot of people think that it's an urban legend. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know how I feel about this one. Yeah. It's very, very weird. Yeah. Because of how specific things are. There's like very specific weird details that are kind of hard to not, kind of hard to discount. Yeah. So I don't know. I like the story. I think it's, it's fun. Even if it's an urban legend and just like a conspiracy, I think it's fun. Yeah. And interesting. So. Uh, I like it. 
I do too. But these, okay, I say this every time. These stories make me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I just want to know. Right. I want to know if it happened. But for me personally, I like the idea of time traveling. Yeah. I think that is super cool. He could be a time traveler. Could be. My question with that, though, mm. why is he wearing this outfit yeah. that fits in perfectly with the time of 1954 if he arrived there on accident? Or maybe he oh was boy. supposed to be there. Yeah. But he wasn't expecting got caught. He wasn't expecting it caught. Yeah. And then he realized that maybe he was meeting someone. Or maybe he was mm. supposed to grab something from the past and bring it to the future, etc. Yeah. You could just really just keep on spiraling with this. Which I guess is the point yeah. of like urban legends right. and conspiracy theories. But then yeah, but then he wasn't expecting the airport officials to take so much interest in him. Sure. Yeah. And well, yeah, because the beginning of the story was like no one. He obviously wasn't expecting attention. Yes. And he shouldn't have gotten attention because mm-hmm. he looked just like everybody else. Yeah. But for some reason, he did. Oh. <laughs> ah. Good story. Well, that's all I got today. That was such a good story. And yeah. I like that you added the two other ones, too, of um, just tr- s- people who believed they traveled from other places. Yes. You said Sacria, the continent of Sacria? Yeah. It was uh, it was like Sacria. Sac- like okay. S-A-K-R-I-A. Oh. And then um, the city was like Laxaria. Um. And then the other one said he came from Lisbia, L-I-Z-B-I-A. That's so interesting. Yeah. But the thing about all of those two, um, I'm not really good with world geography by any means, is that kind of like what you said, they're, it almost seems like different dimension names for yeah. what we have right now, like Lisbon, right. Portugal, Torrid, uh, I can't really think of of something that it could it's not really close to andorra yeah but you know like i'm i'm just trying to think but it could fit in that area yes like it's a name that could plausibly come out of that area yeah yeah same thing with like the lisbia like that is clearly close to lisbon Mm yeah great yep thanks for making me uncomfortable you're welcome ah That was a good one. That was a very good one, Bob. I had fun looking at this one. So. Good. Yeah. It was nice to hear it from um, from you, too. Nice. <laughs> All right. Okay. You ready to jump into your story right away? Oh, I'm ready to rumble. Great. Well, this is just going to continue the proof that the 1950s were a spooky time. Okay. Because I'm going to be telling you about the disappearance of Evelyn Hartley. No. Yes. Do you recognize that name at all? No. Okay, great. 
All right. So I got all of my information um, from Charlie Project, which is a really. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay, I know that. Really, really wonderful website. Um, I'll give a little shout out at the end as well. And we can link that on our Facebook page. Uh, the Charlie Project is just really, really great. And again, I'll talk about this. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. But before I do that, Justin's going to pour some spumante. Okay, there's a half of the people listening to this who that is their biggest kink in the entire world. And they were like, yes. And then the other half are like, that is the most disgusting sound. And they're like, why are you peeing on the mic? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, don't shame. Justin, when this all goes south, <laughs> inevitably goes south, let's start an ASMR channel, okay? Okay, that was kind of cool. That was really cool. It was, it was very satisfying. How was that for everybody? That was really attractive. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Great. Okay, can I tell you about a disappearance? Yes, please do. <laughs> please do. All right. Serious mode. Okay. Uh, on October 24th, 1953, 15-year-old Evelyn Hartley, affectionately known as Evie, who was a junior at Central High School in La Crosse, Wisconsin. No way. Was babysitting a 21-year-old girl at the home of UWL, well, at that time it was called La Crosse State College, sure. Professor Vigo Rasmussen. Um, wow. Good name. Vigo. What do you think he taught? Probably how to take hobbits across Middle Earth. I, I could see that. Yeah. And also horseback riding. Right. Yes. And also marrying an elf. Queen, yes. Princess. Also seeing being like a cello teacher, you know? Just for fun. Like that's yeah. a side hobby. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, so this weekend, uh, on October 24th, was the weekend of the town homecoming game. So Vigo and his wife, along with the majority of other lacrosse residents, were attending this game. Course. The family had a regular babysitter, but she too also planned on attending the homecoming game that night. So Evelyn was hired as a replacement. Okay. Um, she had brought four or five school books with her and planned to study throughout the night while the baby slept until the parents returned. Great. Good girl. Evie uh, was a straight A student and was involved in many school activities. She also played the piano and sang in the choir at the First Presbyterian Church. She had a few dates with boys, but never had a steady boyfriend, which, uh, why? Fine. I mean. That's not an important detail. No. Me. I mean, she had more dates than I ever did when I was 15. Dang. Same, honestly. You were the hottest boy around. Great. Anyway. Uh, so she was supposed to call her parents at 8.30 p.m. to check in, but unfortunately, she never did. Her father tried to call her several times that day and never got an answer. So, becoming worried, he decided mm -hmm. to go to the Rasmussen's house to check on his daughter. Okay. Evelyn's father found the house's doors locked and the lights and the radio on. Mm -hmm. The baby was sleeping in her crib, okay. unharmed, but there was no sign of Evelyn. Okay. So, like, half good. Yeah. Other half not good. Exactly. Because already you kind of start to think of motive right of like if this was someone who maybe had a, had beef with the with uh professor rasmussen like, right right why wouldn't you steal the baby or why wouldn't you you know try to do something that uh, directly affect him right 
But if it's just this random girl. The babysitter. The babysitter. Why steal the babysitter? What if it was against the original babysitter? Oh, could. I'm not going to be spreading theories. You I know. Just tell I your know. Tale here. Okay. But but this is good, though, because this is already starting to to, to fan, the, fan the flames. Okay. Okay. Um, the furniture inside the living room was disarranged and Evelyn's tes- textbooks were scattered. One of her shoes and her eyeglasses, which were broken, were on the mm. living room floor. Her other shoe was found in the basement. Oh. As I mentioned before, all the windows in the house and the doors were locked except for a basement window in the back of the house. No. The screen for that window had been taken out and was found leaning against the outside wall. A short stepladder was positioned at the window in the basement. It belonged to the Rasmussen family as they had been using it to help paint their basement. Okay. Three other windows along the house had pry marks as well as footprints from a pair of sneakers in the basement window box and in the living room. That's really creepy. Justin, they tried three other times to get into that house. Yeah. Just give up. Honestly, yeah. Don't go for a fourth window. I mean, specifically, maybe don't go into other people's houses. Yeah, that might be good. But like, yeah, if you you try, don't recommend it. But if you do, don't keep trying. Yep. Just go home. Uh Uh-huh. Think about your life choices. That makes me so uncomfortable because it's like. There is like hard intent. Mm -hmm. Scary intent. Yep. Yeah. And I, oh, this is so awful. I want to know if she could hear it. Ooh. You know? And, or, and if she Ugh. heard it, was she like, oh, that's just an animal? Or, or maybe she didn't even hear it at all. Ah! Okay. In addition to the indications of forced entry, there was also a significant amount of blood of Evelyn's blood type, both inside the house near the basement window and outside in the yard. Oh, no. Yeah. There were two pools of blood in the yard. She gets really specific. Pools? Pools, Justin. Pools. One stain was 18 inches in diameter. That's that's over a foot. That's a foot and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Of blood. I, like, I don't want to be that person, but. If there's any question as to, like, whether she's alive at this point, I'd say no. Yeah. Like, with that much blood, you really can't be alive. Yeah. So, yeah. better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So, there was also a bloody handprint found about four feet off the ground on the wall of the garage, about 100 feet from the Rasmussen house. And also stains on the home of a yeah. neighbor's house. Seriously. Yup. Okay. Like, in this act, you cannot then go finger painting. No. Right? Like, also, why is there always a bloody handprint? I don't know. Like, that's such a cliche. Yeah. But what? Uh, oh. It's so ridiculous. Like, I'm wondering if if it was her. Like, was she? did she run away and maybe, like, fall and like put her hand on there or was yeah. was the kidnapper trying to get into another home yeah like what are you doing if you oh uh, yeah oh yeah okay um authorities believe that evelyn's abductor 
we don't sure, know, yeah, abducted, yeah. possible, mm-hmm. carried or dragged her through the yard, and the pool and the blood pooled twice when the kidnappers stopped and rested her on the ground. Okay. Tracker dogs traced Evelyn's scent for two blocks around the area, then wow. lost track or lost her trail at the Cooley Drive, which is northeast of the Rasmussen home. I'm wondering if that was like maybe a car then. Exactly. So authorities believe that this is where the kidnappers had parked their car. Yeah. Which also to add into this, how many other homes were they trying mm-hmm. or did they already know like this is the exact home I'm going to go. I'm going to park my car two blocks away or did they park their car there, yeah. stalk the neighborhood for a bit, see yeah. her Ugh. and then decide it was the home. No. You know, like it's always that intent. Yeah. Uh, one neighbor reported seeing a light-colored car circling the neighborhood at approximately 8 p.m. Ano- um, another local resident sur- they said they heard screams at about 7 p.m., but assumed that it was children playing. Mm. Um, authorities believe that Evelyn was abducted around that time, so anywhere from that 7 to 8-ish time. What time of year is this? This is October. So Okay, so it's o- getting it's probably dark. Exactly. End of yeah. October, October twenty fourth. So in Wisconsin, it gets pretty dark. Yeah. Ish around seven prior to seven thirty. Yeah. 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 Like you can get pitch dark, pitch black really early yeah. in the fall here. Yeah. Like four thirty. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Um, two days after her is- disappearance, a local man named Ed Huffer came forward to say that about 7.15 that night, he almost hit a two-tone green 1941 or 42 Buick, which okay. was speeding westward. Inside the car, he noticed two men and a girl inside. Mm-hmm. One man was driving and the other was in the back seat with a girl who was slumped forward with her head leaning against the front seat. Hoffer said he'd seen the car's occupants a few minutes earlier, staggering down the street near where the blood was later found. Hoffer had assumed the three people were en route to the homecoming game, as mm. he was. Yeah. He didn't realize the significance of what he saw, and at that time, no one even knew Evelyn was missing. Right. Because the most awful part about this is that it was her dad that was the one who discovered the crime scene. Remember oh, that he yeah. went to the house. He broke into that house right, right. and found out that his daughter was missing. Ugh, yep. Man. That just, oh. Okay. It's going to get worse. Right. Okay. <laughs> Surprise. Several dairy, ooh, fine. Several Hannah? dairy farms Several dairy, dairy years. Several, oh my God. Several days after her disappearance, a pair of underwear and a brassiere that could have been Evelyn's were found near the highway underpass of high uh, the, near the underpass of Highway 14, which is about two miles south of La Crosse. Could have, could have been, and I'll tell you why. They okay. were uh, pretty stained with blood. Okay. Um, it did match Evelyn's blood type. Okay. But uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna just be from the football game then. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, also found at this underpass were a blood stained pair of men's pants. Um, mm. And within 800 feet of the pants, um, there was also shoes okay. and a well worn size 36 blue denim jacket with a metallic buttons and blood stains on the front, back, and sleeves. 
great. Uh-huh. So that sounds pretty clear cut to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The jacket had some base metal paint flecks on it. And remember that the Rasmussen family was painting yeah, their basement. Yeah, that sounds mm. right. Yep. It had been cut off at the bottom and roughly rehemmed with white thread and one of the four buttons were missing. There was also a worn mark running the entire width of the jacket under the armpits, possibly from a safety harness, so seatbelt. Yeah. Um, the blood on the jacket was also Evelyn's blood type. Oh, man. And the blood smears found at the house she uh, was taken from were made by cloth with characteristics of denim. Okay. Authorities believe that the jacket had been worn by her kidnapper. Yeah. Yep. Um. Too bad it wasn't personalized on the inside. I know. Like, belongs to Justy Voss. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. find me at this address. That right. Would, that would have been amazing. This is my cell. Exactly. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> my email. Your email. My SoundCloud. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So, Evelyn's kidnapping sparked one of the biggest searches in Wisconsin history, especially for the western part of the state. <gasps> Um, among other extreme measures, investigators conducted mass searches of local vehicles and gave numerous lie detective tests to all of the students and teachers at Evelyn's High School. Holy crap. All of them. That's a lot. Yep. Yeah. They took the shoes and the jacket sizes uh, to, or, sorry, they took the shoes and the jacket to 31 different communities in the area and displayed them to an estimated 10,000 people. Oh, my gosh. But not a single person recognized them. Oh, come on. Many suspects were questioned over the years, but there was, uh, but there was no evidence to implicate one single person. Oh. Now, Justin, you want to hear something really fun? Yeah, I guess. Some people mm. suspect yep. Mr. Ed Gein. Really? As a possible suspect how is that so a photograph of him was posted within this case summary so this is found in the charlie project and this was found within the case notes Mm -hmm. he was visiting relatives in lacrosse just blocks from the home where she was babysitting the night of her disappearance oh my that is weirdly convenient Uh uh-huh also he has relatives sorry like, for them oh. yeah honestly okay real quick thing let me take that mr part off mm-hmm. there too yep. um let's say uh what's an uh, i don't want to say dick dickhead dickhead sure. yeah, yeah, yeah great that okay works. okay okay good great um, in 1957, police went to question Gein about the disappearance of a local barmaid and found human remains all over his house, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get into Ed Gein one of these days. Yeah. Uh, just to remind everybody who he is, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wisconsin's very proud. He had yeah. killed two women and had dug up another woman's body in the cemetery and had mutilated them all. Gein was declared insane and died in a mental institution in 1984. And because of that, and because of his um, denial of any involvement in the case, her case went cold. Oh, man. Um, unfortunately, however, well, fortunately, I guess, maybe. <laughs> okay. Gein has still not been completely cleared. Okay. And, as I talked about before, he is also being considered for the case of Georgia Jean Weckler of Fort Atkinson, which right. I talked about. Yeah. So, 
the purpose of the Charlie Project and mm-hmm. so many other amazing uh, networks out there. There's like the Jane Doe Network. Um, I can't even think of any more right now. But there's a lot of really great things out there. So the purpose of this and a lot of um, things going on in the internet in particular mm-hmm. are that these are supposed to be havens where previously uh, unsolved or cold cases can be brought to life again and gain public interest. Right. So while Gein died in 1984, and I'm not saying that he did or didn't do this. Yeah. The fact that this case happened back in the 50s. It directly crossed. It directly crossed with him, with such a big guy. And yeah. even if Georgia Jean and with Evelyn, if they didn't actually, you know, if they didn't weren't directly involved with Gein, mm-hmm. at least they're being talked about again because of really wonderful networks like the Charlie Project. Yeah. All they want to do is just make sure that people don't forget them and that hopefully due to amazing new scientific um, inventions and opportunities to do dna sampling and blah 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 i'm not educated in this hmm. hopefully these cold cases will not be cold anymore yeah that would be wonderful yeah so um that is unfortunately the very short and sad story of evelyn E. B. hartley wow uh again she disappeared on october 24th in 1953 so i believe she would be 87 this year is that math correct no no she'd not be 87 67 67 she'd be 67 this year no she no no no. hannah okay what's 67 plus 15 oh my god what year (laughs) what year she disappeared in 53 but she was 15 72 is that math correct i can't do math in my head okay shoot yeah, 72. She'd be 72 this year. Okay. Be 72. I believe you. I, I don't believe me. Great. She's going to be 72 or 82. <laughs> it's fine. 82. She'd be 82 this year. Great. Oh, my God. Please fact check me. Anyway, I still have hope. Yeah. Even if hope is not guaranteed or warranted. Yeah. But if for any reason whatsoever you might have any information on this or, heck, if you yourself are really interested in learning more about how to support um these organizations you know, yeah support yeah. these organizations whether it be giving or just learning more about these people please advocacy yeah absolutely yeah. please consider checking out the charlie project and all the other amazing networks out there yeah um and before i conclude screw ed gein and that's my yeah. story i just that was really amazing. I'd never heard of that at all. No. Um, I'm still hesitant to, I mean, yeah, it's convenient that it lines up. I'm hesitant to think that it was him though. Yeah. Just because the guy said he saw two guys. Exactly. Two guys in yes. a car with a girl. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like a two person thing. Yes. And there, and, and on all defense too, for to support you, um, there were the because this article was written a long time ago. Because I got this from a couple of different sources. The main one was from the Charlie Project. Yeah, there was also some not 
as sensitive or politically correct um, mentioning of a African-American man. Of course. Who may have been evolved, involved. Fine. But there really wasn't a lot of information and credibility to that. Okay. So that's why I, um, instead of talking about that, I figured let's talk yeah. about Ed Gein, which is yeah. the actual fact of he was there. Right. That's a really crazy detail. Yeah. I never would have expected that. Yeah. And that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very compelling. Yes, it is. But this is such a weird, yeah. such a weird case. But see, the thing is, is that for me, I recognize that I need to put all of like my biases aside. And like yeah. when you bring up such a hot name like Ed Gein or yeah. literally anybody else that like everybody's like, oh, I recognize that name. Right. It's so easy to just be like, oh, yeah, those people committed all of the bad things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like this might have just been a one off. You know, two right. people who, for some reason, wanted to hurt this this poor girl. Yeah. And who maybe never did it again. Or maybe they just disappeared. Or maybe they did do it again. Right. But regardless of who it is, like, I feel like that's not the important part. The important part is trying to figure out what happened to Just learning to about it. Yeah. Exactly. And remembering her. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. So that's a good one. A little bit of uh, summertime sadness. Dude, that's yeah. what we should we should uh, roll with that a little bit more. Let's get Lana Del Rey to. All right. I'm fine with that. Sponsor an episode. Yeah. Right. Well, that's my sad story. That was week. really good. Thank you. I can't believe I never heard of that. That's Sam. It's very tragic and very sad. Yeah. But it's also really important. Yeah. Just like all the other ones were that we've told. Exactly. Like that. So. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. So whether it be hunting down serial killers Mm -hmm. or finding out where Torrid is, I hope that you learned (laughs) a little bit of something this week and found some inspiration of what to do in your free time. Uh Aw. Now that we are still... Keeping away from other people, please. Great. Keeping our masks on and being safe and smart. Aw. All right. You want to roll into uh, recommendations? Yeah, dude. Let's go. All right. Recommendation station. Yes. Here we come. Okay. I am recommending, if anyone that listens to this podcast ever gets a chance to come to the United States comes to wisconsin Mm. i am recommending door county (laughs) no door county wisconsin do that because so perfect it is such a good picture of what wisconsin is really like yeah um because a lot of people you know you'll see wisconsin you'll be like cheese and milk and you're and beer and you're like well yeah yes unfortunately but some of the best of wisconsin is in door county yes it is so beautiful up there it's so picturesque and there's so much food and cherries (laughs) it's so cool this is so definitely i would recommend that as a travel destination yeah 
I absolutely agree. If anybody has ever been to like the Cape Cod region, Mm. um, personally, I think that Door County really reminds me of Cape Cod. It's just such a quaint place and Mm -hmm. it just makes me so happy. There's so much to do. Oh, there really is. Even if it's just being outside, like I, my mood just gets better when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Just makes me quite happy. Nice. Nice. My recommendation is very cheap because um, this is something that Justin and I did about three hours ago. Um, Justin and I decided to, per the recommendation, sort of, of uh, one of our favorite YouTube channels, Good Mythical Morning, Mm. um, we decided to do a burger and french fry taste test. Yeah. So what we did is we went and spent about $30 at five... Yes, $30. At like five different fast food restaurants around the Madison area. And we got just plain cheeseburgers with like, you know, being reasonable, ketchup and pickles. Yeah. And then some Frenchie fries. Mm-hmm. And we did a blindfolded taste test. Yeah. And folks, Justin crushed it. He got a clean sweep on both the burgers and the French fries. While your girl, <laughs> Hannah, didn't get a single burger right. Yeah. No, nope. you tried though. You were close. I really tried. You got three of the fries right out of five. That's pretty good. <laughs> I guess. I just love fr- I love mm, potatoes. <laughs> yeah, is that is that Billy Bob Thornton from mm, Sling Blade? Taters. No, I can't do it. <laughs> it's kind of sad for you, actually. Oh my goodness. So, and you know, I'm not going to do it now. Oh, I know because yeah. you don't want. Ugh, you're so mean. Yeah, I'm not going to help you. I know, sweetie. So my actual recommendation is that, especially in times where you feel like you can't spice up anything or maybe there's not a lot of creativity, just get creative with the things that you have around you in daily life. Whether it be just making a fun meal or doing a a blindfolded taste test with with your poopy. Yeah. It was a good time. It was fun. It was fun. And we're going to do chicky sandwiches next. Nice. But maybe after a break, because you girl ate yeah, a lot. Break, yeah. yeah. Well, that's me. Uh, yeah, that is you. <laughs> well, I will say, um, as we're wrapping up here, I'll do my spiel. Thank you, Bobby. Um, first and foremost, though, I need to mention that for two weeks now, oops, we have not posted pictures or updates on our Facebook page. Apologies for that. Yeah. Life sorry comes at you fast. Sure. Does. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. Like miss the entire thing. Like for anyone months who's of your never life will be gone. That movie, I'm not going to tell you what it was. <laughs> um yeah, so we've been stupid busy. Uh it's been hard even just getting this podcast out. Yeah. Um with a new kitten <laughs> and our current kitten. <laughs> And uh, trying to take uh, family vacations and trying to really enjoy ourselves as much as we can yes. while still being smart and safe. And plan a wedding. Yeah. It's just been a hectic couple of weeks. But yeah. um, we are we are working on it. And uh, it's just, a, just something to keep uh, working forward yeah. to every, every week. So we will be keeping up with it as best as possible. <laughs> and um, yeah. Other than that, you can find us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Sure can. Anything spooky goes. 
where we post updates <laughs> where and we pictures will. We uh, promise. based on the shows. Or we'll at least try as hard as we can to. <laughs> and then um, send us any suggestions for the show, any topic ideas to our email, anything spooky goes at gmail.com. Um, we recently received oh. an email suggestion. Best day. Uh, from a loyal listener. And um, her name was Mary. And she's wonderful. And we really appreciate the suggestions. And definitely we'll be taking them into account moving forward. Exactly. Also, she's perfect. Yeah, I'm done. That too. But Yes. Just go on. Um, yeah. It was really exciting to finally receive like a non-spam suggestions. email. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> please keep it up. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and just share the podcast with any of your friends who you think might be interested. We love being able to reach out and expand our audience. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much and stay spooky. Stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>